Welcome, everybody, to this week's Science Metaverse podcast. I'm your host, Keita Funakawa. And I'm your host, Steve McCloskey. Cool. So welcome to another episode. We were just testing a new version. It was really cool until it stopped working, but that's how it goes with prototype software. So uh, you'll hear more about our new version coming out next month. We're really excited about it. It's it's going to be a game changer on many levels. But uh, yeah, excited. Steve, yeah, any, any, any teaser stuff you want to? Uh, long-term service, right? You know, this is going to be a you know pretty pretty stable core piece of software. You know, of course, you could still do a lot of plugin development on top of it. Um, but yeah, it's it's very new and refreshing. Like I, I like it. It's a big facelift for Nano. Yep. Um, so first thing on our agenda today is talking about meta accounts. They're finally here. We came full circle of not needing Facebook in the first place when back in the good old Oculus Rift days and then needing Facebook from Quest 1 onward or Quest 2 uh, onward. Uh, and then um, now we have a method where it's no longer uh, mandatory to connect your Facebook. Um, so it's kind of like as if Oculus accounts came back with a new name called Meta. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, we've we talked about this at length before on the podcast. We're really glad that it's finally here, uh, that people can actually log in without yeah, needing to connect to Facebook. You know, people go to Best Buy or GameStop or wherever, you know, pick up a headset, throw it on, realize they need to create an account, create that account. And then, you know, be in the metaverse, you know, be experiencing some apps. Um, yeah, I've heard a lot of people had to create Facebook accounts. Well, new company, new logins. Like, uh, I'm really happy that Meta t- took this step forward. Yep. Yep. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to have a huge impact on our educational users because now, like, libraries can just create, you know, like university library account one, you know, university library account two, uh, kind of generic yeah, I, meta. I don't know what the exact terms of service are, but you know, you could definitely you know, create uh, accounts pretty easily uh, now that you don't need to have all the Facebook stuff. Yeah, I believe it's just one email, one account, but yep. I don't know, maybe not. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, um, you know, it's a huge step uh, in the right direction. We, you know, personally, we want to see more I think we're just from the nano side of things. We want to see more enterprise friendly uh, features mm-hmm. come to Quest and other meta devices, uh, you know, going forward. But this is, a, again, a huge step in the right direction. So we're, we're excited nonetheless. Yep. So, um, yeah, if, you know, Facebook accounts were holding you back from going into VR. Uh, that day is no longer. Uh, go ahead and make a meta account now and you could be cruising. Yep. And, and I mean, I know that we've met a lot of people uh, throughout the years at conferences who, you know, was like, ah, you know, tell me when, wake me up when Facebook is no longer required to yep. have these wake types up, of experiences. Wake up, Facebook is no longer required. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's now possible. Um, speaking of non-Facebook required headsets, uh, Sony says that the PlayStation VR 2 is coming in early 2023. Now, this yeah. is super exciting. Uh, go ahead. Oh, I, I want to feel like Spider-Man in this thing, you know? Like, it, it looks cool. Like, I, I think the tracking is probably going to be a lot better than the um, the other last version of the PSVR. Um, but, you know, that Sony content, you know, like, I, I don't know, Crash Bandicoot or, or Spider-Man or 
yeah, whatever it ends up being. Like I'm just stoked to have uh, another player that has such an in-depth, you know, background and making really great content and and helping actually sponsor and um, you'll get better content onto their platform. So yeah, I'm excited. It's going to definitely be a a lot of cool games on this. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I think uh, one of the games that I played uh, with the PlayStation VR one was the uh, like a Resident Evil. Uh, can you hear me still? Yeah, I can hear you. You're, oh, you're cool. like robot. My lo- I lost my controllers. Um, <laughs> well, what I was going to say was that... <laughs> robot kid, that's hilarious, yeah. Uh, yeah, what I was going to say was that um, one of the first games I played at PSVR 1 was a really good hybrid experience. I forgot uh, the name. But you know what I'm talking about where one... One, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and like that was yeah, like squirrels and acorns, and like everyone's on the mobile app, and then one person's in the PSVR. Yeah, yeah, and that that made a long lasting impression on me. I remember. Yeah, well, it was fun. Yeah, I was you got like multiple people hanging out with you, even though not everyone's in VR, and and I feel like that's a a really great experience. That you know, it's not like everyone needs to be wearing a headset, but. Obviously, as they become lighter, cheaper, more ubiquitous, you know, everyone probably will be. Um, but during the transition, at least, like that mobile phone pairing with the headset, it's a cool idea. Yeah, yeah. And um, and then the other big thing uh, with this article is not just the timeline, but the fact that they're actually coming out with a mixed reality uh, version or pass-through capability uh that's going to be available as a feature with the PSVR too, which is a, you know, whether that's the, uh, you know, uh, like the up and coming headsets uh, from various headset providers uh, or Sony, it looks like the industry is really going towards pass through mixed reality as kind of a direction, which is uh, really interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's not quite augmented reality, but you know, we've tried the Vario. It's a you know really high resolution headset like that thing's fantastic. Yeah, the fact that I could know what I'm um, you know near and and walking around or what's going on around me, um, and, and also just kind of play with my environment like the different apps on um you know Magic Leap for instance, which actually is an AR headset where the virtual objects interact with your local environment. Uh, you know, it's just like so much to do when you have that pass through mixed reality aspect to it and not just pure VR. Give me just a second. I'm gonna. I don't know what's up. Oop. You're ready now. I, there you I go. Think what uh, happened is your headset sensor maybe got like kind of tripped up. Yeah. All right. Um. Yeah. So excited. Anything else on the uh, PSVR two there, Steve? Uh. No, but we are missing a really good Spider-Man game in VR. And um, yeah, I'd say granted that, you know, Sony owns a lot of the IP uh, with that, right? Um, Yeah, there's been a few like knockoff, like web slinger type things in VR back in the Oculus Rift days. But um, yeah, like a a true New York City Spider-Man VR experience. Like I'm, I'm excited for stuff like that. Well, make sure you get your VR legs. Uh, very strong oh, yeah. <laughs> for, before you do that. I did, uh, uh, there was that one Rift game that I, I played a lot back in the day. Yeah, it was like Valley of the Wind or something. I, I Yeah, I, some, wind, something like that. Wind something. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. That's the one I was talking about. It, it was super fun, but I just remember getting really sick. 
Uh, <laughs> I didn't get too point. sick. Yeah, I feel like I had some pretty good VR legs with just dealing with the DK2 and, and other stuff at that point. Yeah, like I was good until day three. And then it was like three days playing straight that got me. <laughs> yeah, it was like uh, it was like during the Christmas holidays and I played a ton. Um, yep. Yeah, and uh, it was it was a fun time. Um, and then the last topic here is is a little bit of a pivot, uh, more on the DSI decentralized science side of things. But this is the Science Betterverse podcast, so we are going to talk about it. But I think Steve, you're yep. more familiar with this, so well, well, tell well us yeah. What's, I mean, what's so happening. I read this, so I know about you know Vitadal, right? They're um, you know trying to basically like fund different uh, types of research. And so they have this whole website um, where the DAO, I guess, is like deciding on, on which research projects to, to fund. And they do that with these uh, tokens. And um, I just I think the idea of a decentralized autonomous organization is awesome. Um, I'm personally more excited for um, DSI DAOs that end up actually creating intellectual property, like creating novel molecules and therapeutics and publishing data around that. Um, but it, it looks like VitaDAO, in particular, with you know their governance token, the VITA Vita tokens, um, is how people like vote on which of these projects to, to be funding. And I feel like you know funding for research, you know, it's good. People should be doing it. That in conjunction with a autonomous organization, you know, organization of people, let's say. Ah, uh, shit! Did I lose you guys. All right. Uh... We could we could repeat that when when Kata's back. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. And I'm back. Cool. So, so I don't know uh, if you want to just keep. Going. Yeah, you were saying that in conjunction with the autonomous organization. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, if you take like a, a DAO funding model and you mix it with the DAO creation model, um, I think you get some really powerful decentralized research going on in the world. Um, so, anyways, with Pfizer supporting this, I think it's a step in the right direction. It looks like Pfizer bought 500K worth of their governance tokens, if I'm reading this correctly. Um, that seems to be the case, which, you know, that's that's cool. Like, it's the what, Pfizer Ventures type of arm, so they're always... You know, looking at different assets that they could purchase, and you know they happen to to now be exploring DAOs. So, yeah, cool step in the right direction. So, I guess uh, to clarify, it seems like, uh, uh, whoops, I got the wrong wrong here, thing here. So, Pfizer bought uh, uh, these tokens with the understanding of participating in the DAO. Yeah, it, it, uh, could you share the thing again? Yeah, yeah. so I, I think uh, Pfizer bought 500k worth of the Vita governance tokens, and so basically um, they're using their expertise as a big pharma organization uh, to help the DAO make decisions, you know, through their their governance. So they're going to be, you know, voting on different projects, I believe, with these governance to- governance tokens and doing. Um, yeah, different things related to operating the DAO. Like the DAO is just a bunch of people that have the tokens, right? Yeah. Um, please find the submission from Pfizer Ventures. Who are you? What is the size of your proposed capital contribution? Uh, so Michael Barron, 
uh, Lindlor representing Pfizer Inc. proposing contribute 500k to participate governance Vitadel using Vita tokens. That's really cool. Mission, please describe for us in your view longevity, health span field, and how you perceive Vitadel's role in it. Clearly, a pivotal yeah, moment I in mean, history. It's all areas, well, right? You know, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, oncology, cardiomyopathy. Like, yeah, this is a, they're a big company, and you know, they're trying to work on many different disease areas. And I think by decentralizing, you know, where they're they're distributing funds and things like that, um, you know, hopefully we get some better assets that are being generated by you know smart scientists. And yeah, you know, we definitely encourage uh, you know, these DAOs or, or sorry, these research grants that are applying to you know vita dow for funding uh to actually come into nanome and you know try to explain your research using these virtual reality based tools i think it um, is definitely a step in the right direction for just you know sharing different breakthroughs in scientific development so it'd be really interesting to see if the dow accept this or not like on one hand i could see it a really bullish argument for them to be like, yeah, like industry, like validation, like this is great. And then on the other hand, I could see the hardcore decentralized, the centralists uh, and the DCIS saying like, this is exactly what we're fighting against. Like <laughs> we don't want, you know, corporate commercial interests, especially, you know, literally one of the top two pharmas to have a say. Productivity, like, you know, if, if every top 50 pharma bought 500K worth of a DAO's tokens, um, you know, like that in of itself is, you know, somewhat centralized, somewhat decentralized. There's, you know, people that are uh, having conflicting, you know, goals. They could be developing different drugs. So, yeah. Um, you know, are, are all of them going to join? I don't know. In addition to the many institutions and people that could also be a part of these, I, I feel like it's in the spirit of decentralizing it. So long as they aren't, you know, know blowing like $5 billion to buy out the market cap of, of XYZ. Like, yeah. Then well, I mean, I could see, I could see the slippery slope argument, right? Where it's like, well, if we're going to let Pfizer buy 500K, then, you know, we're going to have to let, you know, Johnson Johnson and Novartis and Roche and like, you know, these <laughs> other top pharma companies. And then just like, I, well, I mean, I guess like, I, you know, I'm kind of playing devil's advocate here because I do think it's like a good thing overall, but I'm just trying, you know, my, my, my like, you know, 20, like 14 crypto hat on and like the, all the stuff that I've seen since then is like, you know, the, the, um, uh, forkening that happened in 2018 with Bitcoin and Bitcoin Classic and like the Ethereum and Ethereum Classic fork. I could totally see a VitaDAO Classic and VitaDAO, like VitaDAO corporate fork that <laughs> kind of happens because of this and like the community splitting up and be like, you know what? We don't want any top yeah. pharma interests. Yeah. Well, there's also a lot of other DAOs out there that don't have, you know, big pharma, um, you know, participants in them. And so the other question is like, is it better to be going at it to kind of transform things without people that are in the current paradigm? Or is it better to onboard them and to help them, um, you know, use their expertise to help with the transformation to build something that's, you know, truly good at the end of the day? I would personally probably, why, why not both? Like, I want to see both yeah. play out. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, and we do see both. You know, we see many DAOs without big pharma players and then we see you know vitadel with you know pfizer joining it seems like so yeah you know, like yeah. the fact that i mean it's not just one dow and the fact that there's like a bunch of these you know biotech DSI dows popping up 
Yeah, that's part of the D size spirit too. I mean, uh, uh, you know, interesting thing would be more if if a different DAO also got 500k to like have capital capital parity, um, you know, to see the the uh, like a true equal, true controlled experiment between the different uh, ways. <laughs> 500k right? from who? I mean, a lot of these DAOs have also you know done some form of like token sale or or something where they have actually you know gotten to. Um, you know, make some capital to deploy. So, I mean, like these experiments are live. They're all happening right now on Web3. Yep. Yep. And Discord, which I guess Discord's kind of still Web2, but it's, you know, definitely, uh, I think a part of the movement for all these, like they all seem to have their own Discord server. Yep. Yep. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, the, these are kind of the three very quick topics for today, but anything that you wanted to, to add or wrap up with? Um, you know, Metaverse has been uh, always uh, making some news, buzzing around. Uh, I think it's kind of fun to see just everything going on in the space. Obviously, a lot of things planned for 2023, um, but, you know, what a time to be alive. You know, here we are, 2022. We're in really great headsets right now with the Quest 2. Got plenty of cool stuff to look forward to. Um, it's just going to keep getting better, you know. So I have, you know, good feelings about the evolution of the ecosystem, especially as it pertains to, you know, molecules and science and nanome and everything we're doing. Yeah, we should we should talk with the what was it Michael Barons or something from Pfizer Ventures? Uh, oh yeah, tell tell him tell him where the real science metaverse is at. Yeah, if you want to check it out, we're here, Michael. If this uh, ends up making it out to you, feel free to pop on our podcast, say hi, see some molecules in VR. Well, that's about it for this week's episode. So uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, Short episode this week, and uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks, everyone, and we will see you in the Science Metaverse.